When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, pal Dino Joey or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps. I thank you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. As a new hockey season is upon us, it's time to get back to regular season hockey with the 2023-2024 NHL and Minnesota Wild season preview. Of course, the first segment will be the Minnesota Wild preview. Second segment, going to look around the league and come up with a conference final prediction for both sides. Of course, a Stanley Cup champion. Maybe talk about what teams might surprise, some teams that might disappoint. But you'll get to hear a Stanley Cup champion. Maybe you'll be bored with my choice, but we'll see. You might be intrigued by one of the finalists. So, hmm. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Anyhow, probably not us, but (gasps) spoiler alert. Anyhow. Minnesota Wild season preview has begun it. Uh, well, when you look at the <laughs> projected lines, it sounds a heck of a lot of uh, more of the same in a lot of ways. Of course, again, we also have some extensions to talk about. We'll get to that in a couple of seconds, basically. Let's open up with the lines. Ryan Hartman will center the top line. Yeah. Anyhow, Kirill Kaprizov will at least be at the left wing, and Matt Zuccarillo will be at the right wing. Second line will be centered by Jewel. Erickson Eck, a healthy Jewel Erickson Eck. Marcus Johansson at the left wing. Matt Matt Boldy at the right wing, intriguingly. Though I'm sure that's interchangeable because Boldy's more thought of as a left shot left wing. Anyhow, uh, Marco Rossi. No, it's Rossi again. So back, so out from the horse's mouth anyway. Marco Rossi will be Marco Rossi. He's more like, okay, let's just let these people that don't want to pronounce my name, Rossi, Rossi. Uh, so we'll just go with uh, Rossi, I suppose. He'll be centering the third line, intriguingly, with Marcus Foligno <clears throat> at the left wing, Fredrik Frederick Goudreau at the right wing. He'll be signed for 15 years coming up after the season, I'm sure. Anyhow, Connor Dewar, the Dewey brothers, will be on the fourth line with... Yep, okay, Connor Dewar will be <laughs> centering it anyway with Patrick Duhame. That's the Dewey brothers, in case you don't know. Uh, Duhame at the right wing, and Patrick Maroon, the only real newcomer besides Rossi, will be at the left wing. What a maroon. Thank you, Bugs Bunny. Yep, so now we have that to play with for the next X amount of time that Mr. Maroon will be a part of the uh, Minnesota Wild organization. Let's talk about the uh, salary cap, what the heck, and the signings. Yeah, the signings. Well, <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> why is this in the way? That's the best part about these uh, devices here. 
So my apologies, I got something popping up in the way and I can't do anything about it. That's always very helpful. I guess it's the way it goes at the end of the day. Jeez, what a mess. My apologies. Okay, so Karul Kaprizov has three years remaining, nine per, ending at the ending in the summer of 26, hoping to get Karul Kaprizov to an extension in the next year or two. Matt Boldy is signed forever, basically until 29. Yes, no, 2930, my goodness, the summer of 30. So he'll take in a 2030. Matt Zuccarillo has signed an extension. So, of course, this is the last of his $6 million contract. The Minnesota Wild bring his price down for a two-year extension at 4.125 per. So there you go. So, yep, <laughs> a reasonable contract, reasonable bringing the price down a little bit. You don't want to rip up the Band-Aid too quickly, particularly when him and Kaprizov have such great chemistry, even though things weren't as good last year as the year before. Obviously, with Kaprizov's injuries, Zuccarillo's inconsistent play, and blah 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 You could go on forever about that. Jewel Eriksson-Eck, arguably the most viable player on the roster outside of Kirill Kaprizov. And, yes, he's officially my favorite non-Kirill Kaprizov player. <clears throat> I sent in a question to Derek Felska, Teresa, and Kalisha on a recent episode of the Crease Assist podcast. Absolutely fantastic. Huge, huge shout-out there. Um, yeah, Jewel Erickson, I sent in the question, but that would be my personal answer. 28-29, his contract ends. Yeah, we'll get to... <laughs> Goudreau signed for five more years, 2.1. That's not going to kill anybody. Marcus Johansson, that was okay. $2 million per for two years. Ryan Hartman is a pending free agent at the end of the season, and... Talks are on and on and on about a free agent, uh, about an extension. We'll see how much. At 1.7, what's he going to demand? So we'll get back to that in a second. I'm not going to, I probably don't need to go over every single player. Rossi will be facing unrestricted free agent in the summer of 25-26 unless the Wild extend him or at least give him some kind of bridge contract like they did with uh, the other guy whose name we pronounce differently. <clears throat> Mikhail Gronland, Gronland, Granland. <laughs> Connor Dewar, restricted free agency, arbitration eligible at the end of the season. And Mr. Maroon himself, 800000 as well. Unrestricted free agent, especially in his mid-30s. But um, the other signing that had me feeling not all so great is, well, <clears throat> a guy that I was frustrated with quite a bit last year. He gets hurt a lot. He gets in trouble a lot with penalty minutes. That would be Marcus Foligno. He would have been a uh, unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. $3.1 million dollars. Going into this one, of course, this current season, his final year of his current contract. And um, I figured, you know what? I mean, I guess, I mean, maybe you can move on. Maybe you can move on at the end of the year, so on and so forth. Open a spot for a potential a young guy coming in. But talk is, obviously, it takes a while for some of these guys to be ready to play. Look at Marco Rossi. We'll just go back to that now. I'm still trying to say Rossi or Rossi, but I guess we'll say Rossi uh, for now. It's going to be all over the place. Um, but Marcus Foligno extended for four years, $4 million per a $900,000 raise per season. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, let's not forget. Uh, Marcus Foligno's in his 30s, isn't he? Yeah, he is, isn't he? <laughs> He's 32 already, so that would take him up to, what, 37? At $4 million in his last season? Hmm. Well, that's probably going to be his last season, probably, but I guess you never know, I suppose. Um, there is a also a <laughs> no-move clause in his contract. It's limited to 15 teams for the first two years, 
And then after that, I believe that's where it comes to an end. It's not the entire contract, but still, we just love passing out those no-move clauses. It is limited, though, 15 teams. So it's like, you know, half of the league. It's not like you can only, <clears throat> you can, um, you can you know, choose only four teams, and that's it. You know, you can, you can, you know, you, have, you can say, you can only trade me to four possible teams, and that's it. You know, that type of thing. So whatever. Um, four years, though, I, I, I don't know. I wasn't jumping for joy about that one. To be quite honest, Zuccarillo, I, I figure, yeah, you don't want to rip the Band-Aid off too quickly with Kaprizov, so I'm okay with it. Uh, ironically, both contracts end in the same year, which is the summer of 26. That would be Zuccarillo and Kirill the Thrill is for real. 38 years of age would be Matt Zuccarillo at that stage, which I think it would be, uh, you know, yeah, riding off into the sunset is my guess when it comes to our friend uh, Matt Zuccarillo. Oh, no move clauses. Oof, duh. Mm, mm. Those get a little old and frustrating, but again, what the heck can you do, right? Um, <clears throat> yeah, everybody has something, it seems like, but I suppose you're not in a huge rush to trade Zuccarillo, and I'm not suppose, supposing other teams are in a huge rush to get him necessarily, depending on the circumstances of both teams. Ryan Hartman, they keep talking about the extension. Eventually, are we going to make room for the prospects, or are we just going to keep bringing everybody back? Because here's the number one question for everybody, you know, all the Wild fans that are just, oh, yes, uh, the Moose, oh, he's the greatest thing ever, and look, that commercial's the coolest thing when he comes out of the water and he's holding a stick over his head like moose antlers and how, you know, seaweed gets stuck on it. Oh, it's just it's the coolest thing ever. Here's the number one question for all of you. What has the team done during the time most of these guys have been here? I'm waiting. I'm still waiting. We couldn't even get past Vancouver in that uh, play-in deal. Like, like wild card, kind of equivalent to baseball, a five-game series type thing. Uh, well, actually, even less than that in baseball. But, um, yeah, what, we couldn't even get past that. It, it technically wasn't even the postseason, even though it kind of was, that kind of thing. We couldn't even win against Vancouver, uh, much less, obviously, we couldn't finish against Vegas the next year, which was easily the best of the upcoming years. Blew the lead versus St. Louis, blew the lead versus Dallas, and it was in depressing fashion, losing the last three games of the series in both cases, a la the Minnesota Timberwolves against the Lakers as well, way back in the day, during their, well, closest thing to glory years, you could say the closest thing to glory years for the Timberwolves. Check out the Timberwolves Explosion podcast if you are willing to uh, go across the river to cheer for the Timberwolves, so to speak. Um... Of course, that is, this is, is, that is my side of the river, but anyhow, <laughs> um, I don't know. What have they done? I, again, what have they done that would get people, oh my God, we got to bring them back. You don't want to rip up the core. Oh, it's the worst thing ever. Okay, fine. Um, I guess. And then, oh, and if the, the, the Wild just might trade for Matt Dumba at the trade deadline. They just might do it. Oh, Lord, help me, please. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. As Bill Guerin might say, you know what? Well, my response would be, you know what? Why don't you just trade for Charlie Coyle, Mikhail Granlin, get Jason Zucker back? Why don't you try to bring, bring uh, Backstrom and uh, Dubnik out of retirement as well? Just, what the hell? Bring them all back. Just just do it. Okay, just kidding. I, I know I'm exaggerating a little bit, but at the same time, this whole bring back the band thing is, I don't know. Again, what have they done? <laughs> so, they're okay. They're good. They're good players and everything. Some of them, not everybody. And Felino frustrates the heck out of me sometimes. In fact, most of the time. Last year was downright frustrating. It was He was the most disappointing player on the team, I thought, last year. 
Honest to God. Um, I know he's not a 25-goal guy. Uh, Ryan Hartman sure as bleep isn't a 30-goal guy. They both kind of popped up, and it was a magical run that uh, that we ended up losing in six games to the St. Louis Blues, who were an inferior team. Great. Sounds like fun. <clears throat> Anyhow, to the defenseman, speaking of ripping off the Band-Aid, I don't know, Jared Spurgeon has an injury as well, unfortunately, most recently against the Blackhawks. Uh, captain of the team, of course, Jonas, Jonas Brodeen. The other alternate has not been chosen yet. Brodeen, uh, Hartman, ugh. <laughs> and Erickson Eck have been guys that have worn the alternate, uh, you know, the A on their chest, along with the guy by the name of Kirill the Thrill Kaprizov. So that's interesting. So we'll see who's going to be the alternate going in to replace Matt Dumba. But uh, we'll see Jacob Middleton, Alex Galagoski. Yep, he's in the final year of his contract at 38 years of age. Yes, off to the sunset. Uh, he, he'll be heading, I'm sure. Uh, John Merrill, 1.2, and a fan's... Yeah, like <laughs> Russo, of course, Michael Russo, in case you live in a cave the last 10 years or so, um, said if uh, <laughs> if John Merrill was inked to an extension, fans would riot. Sounds about right. And I would be, I might be one of them. Brock Faber, yep, two years, blah, blah, blah. Kalen Addison's going into, uh, Kalen Addison signed a one-year uh, contract. So, yep. And then he goes back to restricted free agency, 825000 There was really no flexibility there. Marc-Andre Fleury's in the final year of his deal. He's probably going to retire. Philip Gustafson, we talked about earlier in the previous episode, 3.75 for the next three years. Again, possible platooning deal with Jesper Volstedt. We'll pronounce that one correctly. We can do that. It's okay. Regardless of what people think of us, we can say Jesper Volstedt. It's not that hard. Neither is Rossi, but I don't know. Rossi rolls off the tongue a little easier, I suppose. Um, but anyhow, the pairings, the actual pairings, of course, you're going to have Brock Faber with Jonas Burdine on the second pairing, the top pairing, if you can call it that. Yes, it is. Jacob Middleton and Jared Spurgeon together. Jonas Burdine, Brock Faber, who wore number seven last year. We'll see where that goes into this season. Uh, John Merrill, number four, and Kalen Addison, number two, will be on the third pairing with Alex Goligoski as the seventh defenseman with a salary cap situation, the Minnesota Wild will very unlikely be carrying a 13th forward, and that's pretty much your roster. So there it is. There's your forwards, there's your defensemen. Again, the, the final guy is Alex Goligoski, who is fine. He's a, he's fine as a 7th defenseman. He's not bad or anything. Uh, Mason Shaw also, again, injured reserve, unfortunately, but might return at some point in 24, you know, coming back from the uh, ACL and all that, and the recovery, and all that. What was it, his fourth or fifth ACL? Fifth ACL, which is absolutely heartbreaking. Um, wishing him a million percent the best there. Uh, heartbreaking, of course. Um, but he's uh, back with a minor league contract, so we'll see how that turns out. The cap hell finally ends in the summer of 25. The Minnesota Wild overall cap hit from those two guys, we'll just call them that, 14.743, blah, blah, blah. Drops down to 1.666, whatever. You could go on forever with that. All the way up until 29, but that's not much of a cap hit. <laughs> Still, ironically, it's more of a cap hit than John Merrill even, believe it or not, which is kind of funny. But, again, it's a heck of a lot better than almost 15 million bucks <laughs> cap hit with those two players. So, there's your roster. Um, yay, we have Patrick Maroon. There's your addition. Of course, Marcus Johansson, the trade addition and everything. Great chemistry with Matt Boldy. 
where it was the march of the Boldy. It was fantastic. And after that, Boldy dropped off again, which was really annoying. Kaprizov didn't score a point in the, uh, in the uh, well, he, he didn't score a goal anyway versus the Blues. A very frustrating playoff series for Kirill Kaprizov. And then Julian Zanek had the broken ankle. Ugh. So it was just like one thing after another. It's not like the Wild were necessarily choke artists or anything, but still at the same time, it was still frustrating. Uh, yep, obviously, Kirill coming back, not all the way. Uh, not all the way, didn't have his timing. Eric Zanek out. Ugh. It's just one thing or another. Patrick Maroon is the first guy, though, to wear either Parisi or Suter's number on the regular season, which is kind of cool. So finally, somebody wearing something... Somebody wearing the number 20 for the first time in the regular season now, uh, who isn't named Ryan Suter. So that's kind of cool, I suppose, looking at it. Um, what's your success predictions going into this season? It, it it looks like a playoff team, I guess. But at the same time, I mean, yeah, because the same roster basically made the playoffs last year. Insert Patrick Maroon versus, you know, the other big dude, of course. <laughs> the other big dude. Yeah, Ryan Reeves, of course. Um, Patrick Maroon adds a little bit more. Uh, and he's you know, like like a year younger, basically. That's about it. Uh, yep. And, yep, under a million a year. Of course, just one year in this case. Kalen Addison looked pretty good on the power play. But other than that, not a whole lot else to offer last season. Hopefully, Kalen Addison can offer a little bit more defensively. You can't expect too much necessarily some guys that's just uh, you know how they're built obviously he's a smaller guy he he's not going to be bumping into the biggest forwards in the nhl uh i'm sure he can be feisty he can knock the puck away he can improve his defensive capabilities his positioning is, is you know poke check and all that cute stuff but at the end of the day he is an offensive player he's an offensive defensive and he's a power play quarterback and hopefully him being kaylin addison can uh can improve overall be decent defensively, and, you know, be, be a pest when when need be, and again, knock the puck away. Even the slightest little tip of the puck with his stick can make a huge difference. I think you guys know that more than I do. Brock Faber, of course, phenomenal defensively, and I'm sure his offense will gradually improve during the course of his NHL career, just like it did with the Minnesota Golden Gophers, who finished second place last year. But like in job interviews, second place doesn't mean a whole lot, even though it's Amazing to get to the final. Uh, you know, second place, you go home empty. And it's depressing, unfortunately. Um, uh, it, it really is. So uh, we're also seeing Cooley. I believe he scored a goal just now. A few minutes ago, anyway. Arizona. I'm not watching it closely. It's just on in the background. A uh, replay of a preseason game between the Schmucks. No, the Anaheim Ducks and the Arizona Coyotes, who I do think are going to improve. A lot of people looking at them as not much, but I think they will. Cooley, of course, that's what's triggering my memory with Brock Faber. Should have scored the goal. It should have. He should have. He should have scored that goal, and they would have won. But unfortunately, mishandled the puck, and uh, the rest was history. Things uh, slowly but surely dominoed the wrong direction, as uh, Quinnipiac just was in a <laughs> obsessed mission to tie that game up and go to OT, and they they did, and they did. Yep painful memory. I apologize. Some of you that are not Gover fans might be laughing at me right now. Ha ha. Anyhow, but I'm excited for hockey to be back. I'm not excited to see some of the same, same players, just like you come in to work and see the same faces that you're tired of seeing. You know, there's some people you might be very fond of, and then there's other people you just, like, if they didn't come back for whatever reason, they moved on, 
not a tear would drop your eye. It's kind of like that, you know. There's, there's too many familiar faces. Um, Randy Newham, very happy to have him back. Stay freaking healthy, please. That'd be great. Sucks that he's 26 already. Jeez, but that's how it goes. He was in college for a while, and then he went all the way to senior year. And then, of course, uh, the um, AHL run was longer than he may have liked, but that's how it goes. I mean, he had to develop. He wasn't like a plug-and-play type of guy coming out of college like Brock Faber, so that's just how that goes. Um, but at least there's, you know, there's there's some reason to be optimistic. Uh, people talking about Matt Boldy like he's a he's a superstar. I'm not ready to do that. I'm not ready to do that. I'm sure Derek Derek is, feels the same. I I can tell. I can definitely hear some uh, you know skepticism in his voice in the in the past back in the spring. Like really, uh, you know, and, and when the contract was signed and all that. So we'll see. Um, we'll see. Luckily, he's only 22 years of age. 30 goals is 30 goals. It's just that it was like in a, such a short spurt. It was a nice short spurt. It was fun. It was amazing. But then after that, it's like, okay, hello, anybody there? Hello, hello, hello. It was kind of like that. You needed a searchlight, and you still couldn't find him at times. Um, Hartman, uh, you know, similar to Felino, and I know I'm bouncing all over the place, but that's kind of how a preview is when you're looking at all the different players. I'm not going to look at every game and preview it. That'd be kind of dumb. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Um, sometimes maybe in the uh, <laughs> the season wrap-up, I prolong things a little bit by looking at several games. But yeah, but then you get the feeling of how the season went. So, But as for Ryan Hartman, 29 years of age, bargain contract, blah, blah, blah. It was nice to have. Unfortunately, I, I can, I'd be surprised if he goes under $3 million a year. Um, again, I, I don't see him trying to get four or five. I'd be very surprised. And if he did, I'd say don't let the Lord hit, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you, at that point. But at the same time, even even if even with his contract, the roster spot, damn it, it's the roster spot. And not to mention, like Marcus Foligno, gets he, he just he can put you in inopportune situations with these damn penalties. You know, he he puts you in the he puts you in the hole. Obviously, that's basically what that is. Like you have a chance to maybe. You know, maybe you're behind or you're up up by a goal. It's a close game, and you get some blankety blank penalty, and then you get and then <laughs> you don't stop it. You know, you don't <laughs> you don't kill the penalty, and then next thing you know, the frustration starts to kind of you know snowball, so to speak. Um, and that's what that, that's why I wasn't all that excited about Marcus Foligno getting a four year extension, a raise. Okay, fine. I don't know. He got a raise last time as well. Few con- yeah, like like the two contracts ago and all that when he first got here. A raise, I mean, it's okay. It's not like it's a huge raise, but it's still kind of frustrating a little bit. And it's ironic how probably by the time the Minnesota Wild re-up Ryan Hartman, any any of the uh, slightly less than two million dollars, well, eight hundred seventy-five thousand bucks will be long gone at the end of the day. In fact, it actually already is gone. No, 1.8. Sorry, I'm stupid. <laughs> 1.8 million bucks will already be gone by the time you re-up Ryan Hartman and all the same players are on the roster. And yeah, great. That's good. Um, and I know the other side of it is the prospects, the important, ultra-important prospects like Ugrin, Yurov, Hunter Haight, guys like that. Um, Wallstad, well, Wallstad, that's goalie. But of course, uh, you know, guys like Lambos, Pert, guys like that. 
Kyle Mostas, who just might be something special. Who's Naginov, even more importantly, who I think is absolutely on the cusp of coming to the Minnesota Wild if he's, well, if he doesn't re-up over there again. <laughs> Ryan O'Rourke, Damon Hunt, guys like that. you got to open a spot or two for somebody. I mean, hello. So, re-upping all the Ryan Hartmans, Marcus Felinos, Zuccarillos, it's cute and everything, it's nice, but eventually it's like, hello. Um, i got to think Kuznadinov is very close to being in the National Hockey League. I can imagine Ogren starting out in the AHL, possibly, unless, or Ogren, sorry, unless he's absolutely, you know, absolutely, like, like superly ready to go, which I, I'd be surprised if he is the minute he comes to North America. Or who's the dean of? I think it's plug and play. And you're going to want something open. Like Ryan Hartman, who's the dean of? Anyone? You know, I'd probably go with who's the dean of, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you, though? <laughs> so that that's kind of my thought process. I want who's Nadinov on the wild next year, if humanly possible, if humanly possible. But I don't know, maybe they know something I don't, and he's not going to be here for another three or four years. And God forbid, that'd be just, that'd be super frustrating. Uh, Damon Hunt talk is over and over and over and over again. You've heard me repeat it over and over and over again. I'm not a prospect expert, but I do keep up. Um, Damon Hunt is the closest of the defensemen to being on the Minnesota wild roster. Uh, of course, new, new coaching in the AHL. You don't have Tim Army who will, you know, have you in more meetings than anything else. <laughs> more meetings than the most obnoxious manager at work. <laughs> meeting after meeting. And I'm, I'm sure that would wear on a young player. So replaced by uh, Brett McLean. So you get guys like Carson Lambos and such. Purge, guys like that. You can see how they progress in the AHL. And that's going to be extremely exciting. Bankier, Masters, guys like that. Um... It's going to be exciting. Obviously, the other guys like Ugrin and stuff, they're not going to see them in the AHL at the moment. Uh, Michael Milne was an older draft pick, so that's why he was on the um, Iowa Wild right away. And, yeah, obviously, this, this new group, who knows? <laughs> it's a long ways from coming. Uh, Rasmus Kumpulainen. I believe I pronounced it correctly. Kumpulainen. Um, sounded really cool when he was interviewed a few weeks back. That was really cool. Uh, really impressed. Sounds like he's going to be something. Uh, he's going to be an NHL player. Kind of the kind of the stereotypical Koivu type of Finn, I guess you could say. A defensive-minded center who can obviously provide offense as well. Um, six foot two, 200, decent size, 18 years of age. So definitely a future in the National Hockey League. Gosh, he just turned 18. Super young, but he sounded so mature. Just turned 18 on August 8th. Wow. Um, from Lati, Finland. Uh, and, of course, we love our Finns here in Minnesota. That's been uh, been going on forever, obviously dating back like 100 years ago, of course, as well. Not just hockey, but like actual regular citizens in the Northern Iron Range and all that cute stuff. Um, yeah, we'll leave the, the rest of the story where it is. But Kumpelainen, yeah, I mean, that's somebody to think about. That's somebody to think about in the long-term future, of course. We're not that worried about Ryan Hardman eating up Kumpelainen's spot. I'm not too worried about that at this age. But possibly Huznadinov, that's the one where my concern is starting to kind of, you know, there's like a little bit of a red flag there. It, it kind of is what it is, obviously. Um, Rossi, Rossi needs to needs to prove himself. He's definitely the prove himself. He's definitely the guy who has the most to prove going into the season. Brock Faber, I think there's a really good chance he's going to prove himself. If he's already on the second pairing, that's a damn good sign. And what he did in the postseason last year was so impressive. 
that um, who the heck could complain? Who the heck could complain? Other than he's not an offensive player, really, offensive defenseman, but whatever. Neither is Jonas Bergeen. Um, gosh, and he signed until the summer of 28. Whew. Jonas Bergeen signed forever at 30 years of age. Spurgeon just one year less. Four years remaining on Spurgeon's contract. So whether you like Spurgeon or not, he's with the Minnesota Wild. Um, I want to check on something here. So the no-move clause starts July 1st, 2024. Player submits a 10-team no-trade list. That would be uh, Jared Spurgeon. He has a 10-team no-trade list. So it's, it's, it's limited for the most part. No-move clause completely interesting. So apologize, just had a sneezing fit. Whew. Thank God for the dumb button there, but you probably didn't need to hear that. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but, I mean, it's a it's a, it's a a promising roster, so to speak. It's just, you know, you're hoping to see some of these prospects that everybody's bragging about, everybody's raving about uh, nationally and locally, that uh, there will be some spots opened, and I'm sure there will be. I understand guys need to, quote-unquote, cook and all that. They need to cook in the AHL or, you know, wherever they are, overseas and in the juniors in some cases, obviously, or college like Charlie Stremel with the improved situation with Hastings taking over the University of W. No, that'd be Wisconsin. Um, so mostly juniors here. You got uh, Kumpelainen. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. Even he's in the OHL. That's right. So he's in the. He's already in the uh, uh, North America. He's played two games so far for the Oshawa Generals. Nice, cool name there. Minus three in two games. Ouch. Okay, Rasmus. <laughs> yep, but I mean, yeah. An 18-year-old in the OHL, so it is what it is. He's, he's, he's just a baby. No disrespect meant there, of course. Riley Height. <laughs> Height. Okay, sorry. Uh, WHL. Damn. Nice start. Four games, 10 points. 10, ga 10 points in four games. So that's the cool part. A lot of the juniors have already gotten started. They do start earlier. Five goals, five assists. But he's, he's, he's even. That's interesting. He was a minus 22 years ago, but Riley Hyde, nice start. He did have 97 points last season. He was the main offensive player <clears throat> in the Minnesota Wilds um, draft this past season. So it's going to be fun to keep up with these guys. He is definitely the offensive force of the group. Stremel, kind of, you know, Stremel and Kobelainen looked on as more of like two-way, you know, second, you know, middle six type of guys. Where Hyde, you never know. He made top. He could definitely be a top six guy. Pionk. Punk, if I'm saying it correctly, Hermantown, close to Duluth area there. One of the greatest, uh, yeah, <clears throat> absolutely one of the uh, greatest high school teams of all time. Hermantown, of course. <clears throat> offensive, well, not necessarily. Kind of middle of the road, kind of when it comes to the offense and defense type of thing. No, uh, no season starting for him at the moment. Kalen Parker, two games for the WHL, the Victoria Royals, cool name. Saskatchewan. He's not one of the uh, Minnesotans in this case. Two games and four penalty minutes and a minus six in two games. Uh, well, again, 18-year-old in juniors. Jimmy Clark. Jimmy Clark. Kind of like the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, last pick in the draft last year. His last name was Clark as well. No Achilles here. God, God willing. Yeah, because that, that guy unfortunately had an Achilles in his final season in college for uh, UCLA. Uh, no games yet in the USHL for Jimmy Clark out of Edina, Minnesota. <laughs> Jimmy Clark, seventh round pick. Saw conversations there. A lot of these teams start early. Earlier, Ugrin, no points at the moment. Uh, you're off. 
gosh, quite a few games already, and he's already got, got, yeah, he's definitely way ahead of last year's pace in just 13 games, three goals, three assists, six points. So less, slightly less than half a point a game, but way, way ahead of last year's pace, which was less than a quarter of a point a game in 59 games in the KHL. That is the professional, the top level over there in Russia. So very exciting. Danila Yurov, indeed. Yep, Danila Yurov taking that step forward in the KHL, where Ugrin, unfortunately, again, he, I believe, has a, it's an upper body injury. It might be a shoulder. The other hate, the other hate, <laughs> the hater. Three points in the OHL. Exciting start last year with the Saginaw Spirit. He just exploded after a slow start with the Barry Colts. Got traded to the Saginaw Spirit and exploded. He had an eight-point game, if I remember correctly. It was nuts. It was like three points in, or excuse me, it was ten points in three games. It was unbelievable. Still wound up with over a point a game. Three points in two games so far for Hate. That's the more French version. The other one was German, I believe. Regar Lawrence. Yep, nothing going on there. He's in college with the Denver Pioneers. Yuck. Michael Milne should be on Iowa, right? So, yep. Should be on Iowa. My apologies. Ryan Healy. <clears throat> Sounds like Healy, but nope. He's with Harvard. Yes. David Spachik. Nothing yet for the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. And Servak Petrovsky. One point in two games. For the Owen sound attack, just rolls right off your tongue. He's also coming out of Slovakia. <clears throat> Veli Saris Slovakia. 19 years of age. He's a center for the Owen sound attack. Uh, less than a point a game last year, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see how his career progresses. Interesting sixth-round pick, but Spachek, very exciting fifth-round pick. Certainly an offensive defenseman for the Shearbrook Phoenix. So... Obviously, the prospect's a huge, huge part of the future of this team, particularly the last two drafts. But then again, the last three, Rossi. Rossi, Rossi. No, the last four drafts. You go back to Rossi. That's, God, I can't believe that's four drafts already ago. That's weird. Wallstead, Lambos, we already, Wallstead, Lambos, we already talked about them. Nate Benoit. Yep, <laughs> obviously, that's a, a crapshoot of him making it. Pilar, guys like that. Pilar's been traded, of course. He's gone. Kyle Mostas should be with the Iowa Wild. So, we already talked about that. I apologize. I'm repeating myself here at this point. Pavel Novak's future still, you know, yeah, looks very promising. Obviously, was out, outstanding before being diagnosed with cancer. So, um, but recovered fully. Yeah, praise the Lord there. Fifth round pick in 2020. Pavel Novak. Definitely looking forward to his bright future. Guys like Beckman, I can understand them being frustrated. 2019 draft pick and still with the Iowa Wild. Ugh, that's got to be driving him insane, and I, I feel bad for him, and I'm sure others may as well. So, we'll see. Hopefully, again, that's where the roster thing, the whole roster spot situation can be extremely frustrating at the end of the day. Is this a playoff team? I'm sure it is. Uh, it's, <laughs> I'm not dancing on the moon about, you know, the Wilds' chances. I don't see a Stanley Cup run. I don't see a conference final run. If the team stays healthy and is playing super well, at the right time in the right place for once, they might do something. Yeah, they 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 might get out of the first round. Pretty good chance there. Uh, there there's talent. There's enough talent on the roster for this team to get past the first round. There's enough talent on this team to get to the Western Conference Final, but a Stanley Cup Final, I doubt it. Uh, it's you know it's just it's just another level. You need you need something really special. You need Kaprizov and Boldy, and maybe like a a, a, a Rossi to not only exceed expectations, but like 
you know, blow them to the moon, basically. Like, blow things to the moon, surprise everybody, be like an 80-point guy for this team to be, you know, like a Stanley Cup final type of team. And to be playing that well in the postseason. You might have a miraculous regular season, and then you still find a way to, like, not finish off somebody in the first round again. You take a three games to one lead, and everything unravels, and here we go again. You know, <laughs> it'd be so depressing. But that's kind of that's kind of the ongoing fear. You need to be playing well at the right time. You know, there's obviously a little bit of luck, of course, with the injuries. That's why the Vegas Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup. I mean, they were healthy at the right time, and they played phenomenal hockey at the right time. That's just how it is, you know. St. Louis was playing phenomenal hockey for half a year, uh, the second half of the season, and it continued into the playoffs. The momentum just carried them to a Stanley Cup and finally ended their huge drought, 50-year drought. Um, It's time for Minnesota to have a similar situation. It'd be absolutely beautiful. As the North Stars came in the NHL at the same time, then we had our seven-year tribulation, so to speak. Not like the real one, but in the the, the hockey version of a seven-year tribulation with no team at all. <clears throat> and then, you know, and then we had to be an expansion team and all that. But um, you get the point. Obviously, it's been many, many, many years of NHL hockey. We've loved our teams. We've loved our players. Great memories, cool uniforms, this and that, especially with the North Stars. <laughs> uh, and unfortunately, came up empty, even with some wonderful seasons. Um, finishing in first place after making the 81 finals, of the North Stars lost in the first round of the Blackhawks. We returned the favor nine years later versus the Number one Blackhawks went to the finals, but still lost, unfortunately, to an outstanding Pittsburgh team. So lots of history, lots of beautiful memories, but at the end of the day, the trophy case is empty outside of a, a couple of a Campbell Conference, uh, you know, engravements, which are wonderful and everything. Clarence Campbell Trophy engraving, uh, in, you know, banners, so to speak. But unfortunately, that franchise is no longer here. It's just uh, it's just a memory to those of us that were fortunate enough to experience it. Uh, I was, what, two years old when the, when the North Stars went to the 81 final, so I couldn't experience that one. I was alive, but too young. 91 did experience it. And uh, unfortunately, yeah, we're still waiting for a Stanley Cup here. So, it's going to take, at the end of the day, miraculous, <laughs> miraculous, uh, well, you know, like draft picks, this and that, obviously. Kirill Kaprizov is a miraculous draft pick. But somebody like... Ogren, Yurov, somebody like that, who's Nadinov, like far, far exceed expectations. Charlie Strammel ends up being way beyond what any of us thought. Who knows? But Riley Height might end up being the next, uh, who knows? Maybe he's the next uh, Braden Point. Maybe a smaller guy with insane talent. I hope so. I freaking hope so. But until that time comes, we're still kind of stuck in limbo with the same players and a similar, probably a similar outcome at the end of the day. Uh, more than likely this team makes the playoffs and is out in the first round again. Or we squeak past somebody and are out very quickly in the second round. That type of thing. Playing against a Colorado, a Dallas, whoever. Same old story. That's the boring part. It's fun if you could play somebody different, like a Calgary, an LA, somebody like that. That would be kind of cool. And yeah, that's kind of the hope that you're able to either get lucky with something in the first, you know, the first round, you end up drawing a different team because the way things are set up, certain teams are better than others, so you have a uh, different wild card set up. Or they just open things up again, where first versus eight, two versus seven, three versus six, and four versus five. I think you already knew how that worked, but I said it anyway because <laughs> I'm weird. Um, but it would be nice to bring that. Uh, be nice to bring that back. 
say, like at work, there are CI cards, continuous improvement. I bet there'd be a million CI cards going to the NHL. Bring back the one versus eight uh, playoff format. Uh, the division thing is fun for a little while. For like the first three to five years of it was cool because you think about the, the St. Louis Blues, the Blackhawks, the North Stars. Oh my God, the memories. Oh, the Detroit Red Wings. That was so classic. And then it's like, okay, we're playing the Blackhawks again. Oh, come on. I'm sick of this. This is stupid. Uh, you know, it just gets old. Like, I want to play someone else. So, And I'm sure I'm not the only person saying it. So that's my little CI card going into the season, and I'm sure there's going to be some new ones coming up during the course of the season. Like, uh, do we have to sign Felino to four years? Why couldn't it be like two or three? You know, I, I'm i not saying insult the guy and offer him two, uh, two, year, uh, two million for one year, but at the same time, I, I don't know, four years? Ugh. So that's one thing I'm not all too excited about, but I guess uh, he, he brings a really unique aspect to the game. Okay. He, he, he brings a really unique aspect to the team and all that and to the, to, to the Minnesota Wild, but I guess. I guess so. Um, with that said, that's kind of where I see the Wild, a third place team, maybe a wild card, and probably out in the first round, or maybe the second. Okay, I'll say the second round. I'm going to step out in faith and say the Wild get to the second round because it's just finally time to do it. But unfortunately, I don't see a conference final run coming. With that said, we'll take a quick break, come back and preview the NHL and see what everyone else is doing. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away with an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game this September and October, as we're leading into October now. Football's more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign in with code THPN. That's the Hockey Podcast Network, THPN. New customers can bet just $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. With code THPN, the crown is yours. here on Brave the Wild, going to look around the NHL and try to come up with some ideas of who might be a uh, disappointment, a surprise, conference finalists, Stanley Cup finalists, and Stanley Cup champion. At least I'll try my best about it. Don't expect me to be right, because I'm often not. In fact, most people aren't. There's the usual suspects, Colorado, Vegas, you know, Dallas is probably in the mix. New Jersey's definitely becoming a, uh, New Jersey's definitely becoming one of those popular teams to go all the way Carolina Hurricanes always. Boston Bruins should be in the mix after a historical season last year, but they couldn't get the job done. Unbelievable. 135 points and couldn't go anywhere. 
Toronto is always dangerous, but they never do anything in the playoffs. Will Buffalo finally get to the postseason? Finally. To think they missed the playoffs by only one game last year, and Florida went all the way to the cup final, knocking out Boston at the beginning. And then finally ran out of gas, a lot like the North Stars did in 91. But the North Stars actually won two games in the cup final. Uh, unfortunately, both of them ended in depressing like losses for those franchises, of course. Um, not overly surprising. Uh, odds according to thegameday.com, the number one favorite appears to be the Carolina Hurricanes, plus 800. The Jersey Devils, plus 900. Toronto Maple Leafs, are they drunk? Plus 900, they're not going to, you know, I mean, I until, you know, Toronto, I can never pick them to win anything because they can't even get to the conference final. They, they can't even do it. You know, they did once years ago. They almost went to the final, but then Florida ended up knocking them off, if I'm remembering correctly. Avalanche are the top team in the West. They're fourth behind Toronto. That's weird. Uh, Edmonton Oilers um, up there. Vegas dropping all the way down to sixth after being winning the Stanley Cup. Well, we'll see. I don't expect too much of a Stanley Cup uh, hangover for the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm sure they'll be right back in the mix. New Jersey, Dallas, Boston, Florida. I think Florida will have a better record than last year. They were a bit snake bit during the course of the season. It took like almost a miracle comeback for them to make the playoffs. It was kind of weird. But um, yeah, it kind of was. As for the Wild, of course, talk about it in segment number one. I'm sure they're a playoff team, but I doubt they're going to go on any huge playoff run. I just don't think it's time yet. But hopefully again, Marco Rossi, as we're back to Marco Rossi again, according to the horse's mouth, <laughs> that uh, it's finally time for him to be a full-time NHLer and to stick around in the National Hockey League, not to be sent down again. It's kind of like now or never for him, honestly, at the end of the day. Um, do I think Carolina's a Stanley Cup uh, contender? Of course. Why shouldn't they be? Eventually, their clock is going to run out. Their window is going to close. New Jersey's just getting started. Obviously, tons of talent there, and uh, don't be surprised if they go on a huge run at the end of the day. There's a pretty good chance they could go to the conference finals. I, uh, I don't think New York is going to take a huge step forward, even though they have a lot of talent. I think they're going to, well, they're, they're going to be a threat. They're going to hang around. They're going to be there. I don't know. I, I just don't know if the Rangers are going to be in any Stanley Cup final or anything like that. Got to think the Islanders are about to move forward. Interesting note that Zach Parisi uh, is not really showing up right now. It looks like he might be he might be retiring. Like they're kind of mulling things over. Maybe he'll return after the regular season starts, but things are kept quiet as that's kind of the way that organization is. They don't really have the players talk to the media a whole lot unless necessary, that type of thing. It's, it's not bad. They're just quieter. They keep things in-house more in New York. Pittsburgh missed the playoffs last year, and I'm kind of thinking the same. It's kind of like eventually they have to start rebuilding. Washington, kind of the same thing. Philadelphia, are they going to finally jump up and be a little better? Columbus can't be as bad as last year, can they? Got to think they're going to be moving up. Montreal, I don't have a whole lot of faith in what they do. Detroit has got to be a team on the rise. I think Detroit and Buffalo are two teams that could definitely sneak in and make some kind of playoff run. As for a matter of who would come out, I'm not sure. That's the hard part. You got to think Boston, Carolina, New Jersey, Toronto are all pretty safe. Yes, Toronto, I said it. Tampa Bay should be safe. Maybe they'll have a weird drop-off. Uh, Florida, will they have some kind of hangover, or are they going to actually go back up again? I think they go back up again, right? I mean, they're probably hungrier than ever. So who is going to come out? It must be the Islanders. It's like you want to think the Islanders are going to be better, but it's like, uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. The Islanders are probably the most likely team to come out for a Detroit or a Buffalo, who actually was significantly better than Detroit 
Hard to believe Detroit actually finished below 500. They lost the last five games of the season, so that certainly didn't help. Boston won the last eight, but that didn't mean a whole lot at the end of the day. Ottawa should be hanging around, kind of a threat, but at the end of the day, I don't see them making any type of a huge move towards anywhere. Um, I think it's New York Islanders out, Buffalo in, if at the end of the day I'm to pick a kind of a gun to the head. Otherwise, the rest of the teams make it, maybe shuffling in the standings a bit. Division champion for the Atlantic. It should be Boston. I don't think so. They'll probably drop off, unfortunately. I think Toronto wins the division. Yes, I think Toronto Maple Leafs win the division. As to what happens after that, I have very little faith. Uh, Metropolitan, it should be the Carolina Hurricanes, or they could very easily be the Devils. It's kind of a, a pick em between those two. Third place is going to be... Yep. Uh, it should still probably be the Rangers. It's going to be kind of like... I know they're kind of boring predictions and such. Um... But I think the Islanders are out and the, and the Sabres are in as a potential fifth place. Or maybe Florida or Tampa is like the fifth place team or somehow they missed the playoffs. I don't think Tampa's getting any better. I think they're kind of, you know, they, they, they won a couple cups and, you know, it's not like they're satisfied and complacent. But I also don't see them making a huge run to the final or anything like that again. Um, I just don't. Eastern Conference, at the end of the day, a team that's going to go up is going to be Buffalo. A team that's going to drop off, maybe a significant drop-off, it might be, like, maybe like a disappointment, probably Boston. Probably Boston. I mean, they can't really, I don't think they can really go up to, like, 135 points again. I think they'll be hovering around 107-ish, so that's a drop-off. It counts. (laughs) Buffalo, I think, goes up to 101, something around that range for, like, fourth or fifth place in the Atlantic Division and makes it. I think they make it. Possibly Tampa squeezes in, or they might even drop off as well, but not in, not as much as Boston would potentially drop. Toronto wins the Atlantic, but I don't think they go to the East Final. I think they get knocked off in the second round or something like that. Maybe even by the Buffalo Sabres in the first round, quite possibly, depending on how the playoffs are put together. Carolina Hurricanes, uh, until other... Gosh, I'm having a hell of a time with Carolina and New Jersey. It's literally like a flip a coin. New Jersey's arguably the better team, actually arguably. Let's say they have a better regular season than Carolina, and maybe Carolina has a better postseason. Carolina wins the Metropolitan Division. It's a shame that they have to play each other to get to the next round, but potentially things can be flipped around and move it in a different direction, but New Jersey will win the Metropolitan. Pittsburgh remains out. Washington remains out. Philadelphia will probably be better, but still miss. New York is out. New York Rangers, or excuse me, Islanders are out. Rangers make it, yes, as a third-place team. And no, there is no wild card in the in the Met. Central will be last. Pacific Division. Edmonton should win the division. It could be the Seattle Kraken. I mean, they were damn close to going to the conference final last year until the Dallas Stars knocked them off, just barely. Calgary, massive disappointment last year. Still had a decent record, but not good enough. Huge disappointment. Obviously, now they have a new coach. We're, we're finally done. <laughs> They're finally done with uh, Sutter. They're finally ready to move on from him. Uh, Vancouver, I don't know what the heck's going on. You think that they're going to make a move, they're going to get better, and then they ultimately don't. The Sharks are looked on as possibly one of the worst teams in the NHL this year. The Ducks maybe a little jump forward, so to speak. Um, I want to believe Vegas wins the division again. They might even have a better record. They might even have a better record than last year. 51-22 with 9 OT losses. OT slash shootout losses. 111 points. Not bad. Uh, Edmonton did win their last game, uh, last 9 games of the season. And they were red hot and they were a very popular pick to go to the 
Stanley Cup final and win it last year, but ultimately did not get the job done. They're another team. They're probably the team in the Western Conference. Like, I'll believe it when I see it. They're the Toronto Maple Leafs of the Western Conference. Obviously, they have a rich history. The, uh, the Maple Leafs have a rich history as well, but we're talking 60, 70, 80 years ago. That's when the, <laughs> that's when the Maple Leafs had a rich history. Um, yeah, Montreal more like 40, 50 years ago and, and every other year before that, I suppose. <laughs> uh, uh, Colorado should be a heavy favorite in the Central Division as much as we hate to say it. The Wild did reach that 100-point number, which we call like almost like a pinnacle around here, which 100 points isn't what it used to be. Back in the day, 100 points, it was like maybe two or three teams, and they were like legitimate Stanley Cup champion contenders, like legitimate uh, Winnipeg Jets. I'm not sure what to make of that team. I think they could be the odd one out if, say, Calgary gets in. I'm going to lean that way. I think Calgary makes it Winnipeg out. Um, as for a major drop-off, maybe the Kings are disappointing. I think Seattle is going to make uh, a move forward. I think they continue to get better and better. They're very well run, well coached. It's a really nice organization, and they're kind of like a mini. Uh, they're kind of like a miniature Vegas. Really nicely run. They're not as good. They're not as dangerous. They're not as tough, so to speak. But I was really impressed with what the Kraken did. I don't think that was some kind of miracle thing. Uh, the Blues will remain out of the playoffs. Nashville is always going to be a threat, but they're not going to make it. Like if somebody knocks the Wild or the Jets out. It could be Nashville and Calgary teams like that. I think teams like Vegas, Edmonton, Los Angeles, and Seattle are all safe in the Pacific. In the Central, Colorado and Dallas are safe. Absolutely. Colorado and Dallas are safe. Uh, division champion is going to be... I want to be like Colorado again. Uh, I wish it was the Minnesota Wild. You might have some kind of weird shocker type of team. Uh, Chicago should be interesting because of, uh, you know, Connor Bedard, the other Connor who might be the best since Connor McDavid and all that. Um, I think Arizona is going to be a little bit of a surprise. Obviously, now they have Cooley. He's a, he's a help. Uh, I, I think the vibe there is going to be decent. Matt Dumba is going to help. Who knows? Maybe he's going to have a nice jump up year. I'm not overly optimistic about that. Jason Zucker, if he can stay healthy, could be a nice factor. But again, he's uh, north of 30 now already. So that's how that works. Uh, north or south, whatever the freaking term is. Yeah, north of 30. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, man. Is, is, is it finally Edmonton's year to make a big move? Uh, I need to jump back really quick. Eastern Conference final is going to be... Carolina is going to be in the East final. <sighs> is it going to be Boston? Is it going to be Toronto somehow making it? Am I going to go against the word I just said that I can't pick them? Or is New Jersey going to somehow make it with the way the... Unfortunately, the way that the things are set up, it's not like the NBA where two division rivals could tip off in the conference final. Um, It it could happen, but it's usually things get kind of out of whack for that to happen um, because of maybe the uneven seating because Buffalo could be a fifth-place team or or Florida or Tampa. One of those teams is probably going to be a fifth-place playoff team, but I think they all make it. I think, yeah, I'll, I'll just go with the Boston Bruins are going to have a better playoffs than last year. They'll have a weaker regular season, but they will knock out the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Big shock right there. What a surprise. Boston's going to beat Toronto. <gasps> no! Yeah, Boston's going to beat Toronto at some point. Boston finishes third in the division. No, second to Toronto. Second or third, who cares? They knock off whoever it is, like a, you know Tampa or something or Buffalo. Something like that, and they will face off against the Metropolitan's uh, Carolina Hurricanes. 
and the conference final with the Hurricanes finally getting to the Stanley Cup final again. Yeah, Boston does not make it. Uh, Vegas, I think they're an ever-threat to go to the Cup final and win it. Absolutely. I think Colorado is an ever-threat to go to the Cup final and win it. Uh, Dallas, obviously they're a threat, but sooner or later, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously Robertson is a nice young star player. He's a lot better than I thought he was going to be. Um, last year he was arguably better than number 97 on Minnesota, only because of 97's injury, though that certainly didn't help. But he's definitely got some kind of a personal vendetta against us in a lot of ways. Like, oh yeah, you think Kaprizov's better? Huh, how did you like that? How did you like that? You know, so it's kind of an annoying uh, matchup with the Dallas Stars. It always has been. And um, I don't know. It was very disappointing in the playoffs last year. Minnesota, I, I'll believe it when I see it. Get out of the damn first round. You know, we, we can pick them to go to the conference final. We can pick them to go. You know, we could get out of the first round. Just just do it. I'm sick of picking them to win anything. Um, first round exit for the Wild until I see otherwise. And of course, again, it's not the year yet where you have Volstead. It's not the year where you have uh, a ton of prospects coming in. I think that could be next year, possibly. Possibly there's going to be some. Um, there's going to be one or two that are going to have a cup of coffee with the Wild. And I talk about that in segment one. Blah, blah, blah. Western Conference Final. Having a hell of a time here. Edmonton is going to get to the Conference Final, I think. God, I don't know. No, Vegas is going to the Conference Final. Nope, no, no, I'm done. Seattle is going to the Conference Final. The Seattle Kraken are going to the Conference Final against the Colorado Avalanche. And you're going to see something pretty crazy. You're going to see the Seattle Kraken face off against Carolina in the Stanley Cup Final. That's right. Seattle Kraken against the Carolina Hurricanes in the conference and the Stanley Cup Final. People might be like, what? Yeah, but then again, it's not that outlandish of a pick. I think Seattle goes all the way to the conference, uh, to the Stanley Cup Final, but Carolina is going to hoist the cup. I tend to pick them every year, it seems like. One of these years, I'm going to be right. They're, they're, they're just, they're a complete team. They're well coached. They're well managed. Blah, 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 blah. Just one accolade after another. Carolina, I mean, what would be an exciting matchup like New Jersey against the uh, Seattle Kraken? Like years ago, New Jersey, ugh, it was such a grinded out, cl- you know, clutch and grab. Well, maybe not clutch and grab, but what was it? Grinded out, um, you know, neutral zone trap type of team. It felt like clutch and grab, too. They were they were a frustrating team to play against, frustrating team to watch, and I hated them. I hated the Devils. Now they're this fun, exciting team that can kick your butt. Um, they had the best, well, they had the second best point differential, goal differential, pardon me, in the uh, Eastern Conference other than Boston's 128. That's sick. Um, number two was New Jersey. New Jersey Devils. There's a good chance. I mean, Carolina and New Jersey, one of them is not only going to get to the final, but win it. The Stanley Cup champion comes out of the Metropolitan Division next year with the Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina Hurricanes go to the uh, Stanley Cup final and win it. And I think the next year it could be the New Jersey Devils, quite frankly. And it might be this year. But, you know, I reserve the uh, the right to uh, say it might be this year. <laughs> but Seattle goes all the way. They don't win the Cup, but don't be surprised if they bring one home before they reach 10 years of age, a lot like the Vegas Golden Knights. That's a semi-hot take, you could say. But, yep, within the first 10 years of their existence, the Seattle Kraken will win a Stanley Cup. I said it. They probably will. Uh, they're kind of like Vegas. They're another Vegas in a lot of ways. Just not as glitzy. Not as glamorous, so to speak. But they're pretty close. Uh, I like what they've done. I, I really do. 
Now watch them get 83 points and be like Vancouver next year, but uh, we'll see. For right now, we take Seattle and, and Carolina in the Cup Final with the Carolina Hurricanes finally getting another Stanley Cup. Congratulations to uh, Rod Brindamore and the Carolina Hurricanes. And, of course, Brent Burns going from a team that's you know, was really talented but never got, a, uh, you know, never got over the hump with the San Jose Sharks. Um, now, ultimately, could win a Stanley Cup with the Carolina Hurricanes. And it's kind of now or never. I, I, this is the last year, I think, for Carolina to win a Stanley Cup. That's my guess. You know, teams kind of eventually drop off, kind of like Tampa Bay. They got two cups out of their run. They're probably done winning Stanley Cups for now. Um, that's my guess. Maybe another crazy addition, some miraculous draft pick that just turns into being better than everybody else, kind of like Braden Point, <laughs> you know, and obviously haunts the Minnesota Wild history for the next 50 years, but that's kind of where things head at the time. Carolina is your Stanley Cup champion. We'll be back after this to get to fan interaction. Woohoo! back here on Brave the Wild, segment number three, fan interaction segment, your favorite. Let's get ready to rock and roll at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. I should also mention, and I didn't mention in the first two segments, Brave the Wild now has a <clears throat> Instagram, so you can get on there as well. Some of you have joined, most of you probably have not. Twitter seems to be the main attraction in a lot of ways. It's the best Twitter I have, basically, out of all my podcasts and my personal one, of course, doesn't have that many followers. Uh... As for the actual, yep, it's uh, the actual way to find Brave the Wild on Instagram, Brave the Wild underscore MN, Brave the Wild underscore MN, because unfortunately Brave the Wild simply by itself is already taken. So isn't that wonderful? But that's how you get on there, and it should be in the show description as long as I'm not uh, goofy and forget. So there you go. At Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild, of course, hashtag BDWMN is how you are able to, or yeah, if you could include that in your tweet when you're addressing this show, that way I can keep things organized by simply typing it in and typing in the latest column, and then everything will be in chronological order. What a concept, right? Uh, it's been it's been a little bit since the summer catch-up, of course. August 13th, that's the last post <laughs> leading up into, that's like where we leave off basically on Twitter, or X is like we like to call it. Um, I was saying, I have to say, I'm satisfied with this. It was the leak, the leak of the Minnesota Wilds' new uh, third jersey, and it's the exact thing a lot of us old North Star fans love to see. <clears throat> Get the North Star colors, that 78 look, kind of that, um, which obviously the look continued for a while, uh, minus the black stripe. A lot of people would have liked the black stripe, which started in 87, and unfortunately ended with Game 6 of the 91 Finals. The following year, you saw those black and green Stars jerseys, which ended up becoming Dallas Stars jerseys. Simply adding the word Dallas on top. Anyhow, um, yeah, I'm very happy with the third jersey. Very happy, very pleased. The red jerseys many years ago, uh, 20 years ago actually, 2003, were exciting at the beginning. It's like, okay, we're using the red color. You know, the red part of the Christmas colors and all that. But then eventually it kind of became like the primary jersey of the Minnesota Wild. 
And it's like, uh, okay, can we like not do that? Seriously, can we not have red be our primary color? It's supposed to be green. Yahoo Sports still uses red as the wild's primary color. It's ridiculous. It's actually been gone for a while. Let's go back to green, hey? That'd be great. Even that North Star green would be even better. Sorry, to fan interaction and such. And it's kind of like a mix of fan interaction and other tweets. But uh, Derek Felska also, again, crease and assist. is up. That's actually at crease and assist. And, of course, the crease and assist podcast as well. Highly recommended, of course. A show is coming out probably about the same time this one's being released. So be on the lookout. Listen to both, please. Please listen to both. Um, I hope it's not <laughs> I hope it's not overload and you can only stand one show. Oh, please listen to both, okay? <laughs> Anyhow, um, Derek Velska put, put on a poll, which he is wont to do. I tend to do this as well. It seems like both of us like this. Uh, he, he actually does it more often than I do because I keep forgetting and stuff. What should happen with the Arizona Coyotes? With the last choice, contracting the team <laughs> would mean the NHL would add an expansion team to another location. So... First place ended up being relocate to Quebec City or, well, yeah, to Quebec or Kansas City. That got number one overall, 40.6. Second place went to uh, stay in Arizona. Okay. And I did pick relocate to Quebec or Kansas City. But staying in Arizona would be my second choice as well. Relocate to Houston or Salt Lake City. That wouldn't be the worst thing ever, especially Salt Lake City. For some reason, I wouldn't mind seeing Salt Lake City. I think that'd be kind of cool. And the last choice is contract the franchise. Yeah, because what's the point? Why kill the franchise? So, yeah. Um, why kill the franchise? Just relocate them or figure it out in Arizona. It's kind of the way that goes. Also, we had the death of a hockey legend as well. Uh, Henry Buka, hopefully I'm saying that correctly, Native American, played with the Minnesota North Stars and was a uh, high school legend. Also went through a bit of injuries, unfortunately, throughout the course of his career, and it kind of prevented him from being even better. Uh, Warroad, Warroad, pardon me, Minnesota. Played with the North Stars for a little bit. Yeah, actually older than a lot of us may have thought. Um, it's like some of us thought maybe he might have played in the 80s, but no, he played in the 70s. This, we're talking way back and also a member of the Minnesota Fighting Saints. So, of course, uh, Dan Minnesota would love that one. Uh, wonderful book. Do look that up. A slap shot in history, of course. Do look that up. You can find that on Amazon, I'm sure. <clears throat> As uh, very proud of that one, of course, because Minnesota Fighting Saints don't get enough clout. A lot of people would agree with that. Of course, Derek Felska as well definitely agrees with that, that maybe the North Stars, or Wild, pardon me, should have gone with the Minnesota Fighting Saints look, <clears throat> particularly because of the 50-year anniversary. So, unfortunately, that didn't happen, um, that, the, that the, the Wild should have gone with that look for the, um, the retro-reverse deal. Henry Buka, of course, drafted in the second round, number 16 overall, because, of course, there weren't many teams back then in 1971, the 1971 NHL amateur draft. He could have been even better, again, if not for injuries, but unfortunately, his career was definitely slowed with injuries, him being Henry Buka. Um, Winnipeg Jets, the world, uh, yeah, yeah, the WCHL, yep, that was way back in 69-70, 53 points there. U.S. national team, 70-71, 57 points in 49 games. Detroit Red Wings, a couple of years there. <clears throat> also played for the U.S. Olympic team. 95 points for the 72 team in 53 games. They played a lot of games back then. It's incredible. Uh, way more than a lot of us would think about nowadays. Um, 
Again, Detroit, Detroit. About a half a point guy. Played for the Minnesota North Stars in 74-75. 51 games, 15 goals, 14 assists. Abuka was a center, a center. Um, again, Kansas City Scouts, so like a Native American team. <clears throat> Very cool. They were in the NHL, and <clears throat> I believe they moved on to the Rockies, if I remember correctly, who are now the New Jersey Devils. So they were kind of like the Sacramento Kings of, like the Sacramento Kings version of basketball, because Sacramento Kings moved very often. Uh, this team did as well. The Kansas City Scouts definitely, were, yeah, it was a bunch of different incarnations over the years. I believe they even played in Cincinnati for a short time, but I'm kind of, you know, I, I want to look that up in a little bit. Colorado Rockies, of course, were an NHL team, not a baseball team. Two points in his final season in the NHL, unfortunately, only nine games. Again, career definitely slowed by injuries. Coming in out of War Road, Minnesota, God rest the soul of Henry Buka. Of course, now it's been a while since his passing, but the first time I got to address it on this show, we will give Henry Buka a moment of silence. All right. Thank you, Henry Buka, and God bless him and his family, of course. Apologize if I'm prolonging things, but uh, obviously Henry Buka, i got to get to that for sure. Uh, continue going forward. What was I talking about? Uh, what was I talking about? Derek was saying, uh, what was it, ESPN story? Oh, okay, yeah, the Kalen Addison signing one year, 825 million, no, 825 million, 825,000. Derek Felska said, meh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hardly anything. Although, I still don't think he will be with the Minnesota Wild by season's end. So Derek believes that uh, Mr. Kalen Addison will be traded at some point during the season. At least it's safe to say. So, Derek Felska, another, uh, <clears throat> pardon me. Okay, here we go. Uh, Derek Felska re replying to the Henry Buka conversation. Deeply saddened by this loss of Henry Buka. He was and is the spirit of War Road. Injuries, yep, cut his playing career short, but he loved and stayed close to the game. Yes, he did. Yep, thank you, Derek, for that, for sure. Derek, again, another, <laughs> another uh, poll. Who do you think has the most to prove in 2023-2024 for the Minnesota Wild? Please reply and explain if you voted other, especially the other part. <laughs> Marco Rossi, Marco Rossi, yeah. Rossi, if you're going to say Rossi, it has to be Rossi. So some of us can do it, some of us can't. Marco Rossi, 83, hey, hey, Rossi, 81.3%. Kalen Edison, yeah, he has a lot to prove too, 12.5. Philip Gustafson, 6.3, and 0% went to other. There was one reply, and that was Mike, this is, uh, yeah, Mike uh, Moco V 65 says, this is a no-brainer, Rossi. Yep, agree. Agree, number one. Another poll, what do you think of the Minnesota Wild moves to sign Matt Zuccarillo, uh, Marcus Foligno to contract extension, uh, great, number 17 and number 36, let's go. That tied, believe it or not, for the win. I put, okay, I like 36, not 17. That's what I picked. That finished, uh, well, that finished with a tie. Uh, third place, foolish, a big mistake. And fourth place, okay, I like 17 and not 36. So a lot of people not definitely, definitely not favoring number 17 if you're going to pick an individual. Um, yeah, I, it's not super exciting. Zuccarillo was disappointing last year, but I'd rather have him than if I could only pick one. I'd actually rather have Zuccarillo for the time being, like rather than rip off the Band-Aid. But obviously two more years and that's it. Felina with four years. Oofta. We'll continue. Might have some more conversation about that coming up. 
thoughts, blah, 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 about the season. Jay Bushy, now we can get to everybody here. Jay Bushy says, what's the feeling on the extensions of Zuki and Moose at the potential extension of Hartsey? At the end of the day, it's kind of a collective meh in a lot of ways. Um, in a lot of ways, but at the same time, again, like I, like I, uh, like we're, like we're thinking, um, it's probably good to not rip the bandaid off of Zuki. As for Moose, I don't know, four years, like two years, maybe would have been okay. Four years, it just feels like extensive, especially the fact he's over 30 and the NHL is over 30. You know, it's okay to have veteran players, but I don't know. I don't know. Felino scares me sometimes. And of course the possible extension of Hartsey doesn't excite me. Um, yeah, he's better than uh, he's better than uh, Victor Rask, but that's not saying much. Now, of course, yeah, I know. Hartsey had his thirty goal season a couple of years ago. That's never going to happen again. There's just no chance. Um, and I don't know the dumb penalties, like like I always bitch about on this show. The dumb penalties, the frustrations, the injury, but you know the fact he's been injury prone. Uh, I want room for some of these younger guys. I know they're not here yet. I know they're not ready yet, but. Uh, uh, it's kind of like one of those, I guess, well, I, I just hope it's not five years or something, but when it comes to the potential extension, thank you and welcome to, yep, th- thank you very much, I really appreciate that. Derek Felska says, why does this wild organization give out so many no-move clauses and uh, no-trade clauses? Is this market not as desirable as uh, to NHLers as some would like us to believe? Yeah, it's really annoying, isn't it? Because this is like the one place where it might be kind of sort of a destination. Like in the NBA, Miami, Phoenix, you know, the the New York, well, maybe not that many more. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, places like the, you know, the Lakers, the LA Lakers, the Los Angeles Clippers, the Spurs sometimes, believe it or not. But yeah, the Miami Heat, like everybody wants to play on a certain team that go, that nasty, ugh, I hate them. The Northern California basketball team, that one, um, ugh. <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody wants to be on those those teams basically because the climate or this or that. You'd think Minnesota and hockey, it's like a perfect fit. I don't know if it's just some kind of insecurity or what the deal is, or it's like hey, or it's like Bill Guerin kind of being hardlined about hey, you want to be committed to this team or you want to be here, you need to be committed, da da da, or uh, or you want. Or, or it's like the player, actually, one way or another. You want me to be committed to the team. You need to be committed to me. Maybe it's that kind of comeback. I just twisted my own conversation by doing that. But, yeah, no, <laughs> that, that's what I meant to say, is you want uh, the player to be committed. That's like the player having a comeback. I don't know. It seems too cute to me. <clears throat> it's extremely frustrating, this and that. I mean, I, I can understand moving is a pain in the ass, Especially, I guess, for a hockey player, all the equipment and such. But at the same time, <clears throat> I don't know. I suppose changing teams, you won't really bring the equipment with you anyway. It's completely different equipment, different colors and stuff. But uh, outside of skates and sticks, um, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I, I don't understand it. As Bill Guerin might say, I don't know. It, it's... It, it feels like an insecurity somehow, some way. It, it does. So I think you definitely have a good point there. Derek Felska, with the Minnesota Twins finally winning a playoff round and winning a game as well, does that put pressure on the Minnesota Wilds to do the same thing, or do you think Wild fans will keep giving the team a free pass? Me, personally, I will not give the team a free pass. I, I know you won't either, which is a good thing. At least I would hope you'd... No, 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 you won't. <laughs> um, 
certain fans, yes, unfortunately. Uh, Facebook pages and blah, blah, blah. The, there are definite fans that are like, hey, you know, that's our team and, you know, let's play hockey and, and all that and, you know, fight to the end, we'll stand and defend and all that cute that cute song that started out things back in 2000 that got, you know, turned more into a rock and roll kind of theme rather than little kindergartners around a campfire. Yeah, it was real cute. Um, adorable. Uh, certain fans are going to give the team a free pass, but luckily there's those of us that are more experienced, those of us that have been around, those of us that, you know, we're not satisfied with just, you know, first round exits and, you know, like great regular seasons that wind up amounting to nothing just as soon as like late April, early May starts. So it's going to be a mix. It's going to be a smattering, unfortunately, because Minnesota just always seems to have that Minnesota nice approach, which I think is not good. It's not good, unfortunately. So um, far be it for me to bash on fans, but at the same time, raise your expectations. Raise, raise your expectations. I'm, I'm going to keep saying that. I know I got made fun of by some local podcaster or writer or whatever he was. I don't even remember. But go ahead and make fun of me. I don't give a damn. You know, like, oh, so you think raising expectations is going to make them better? Um, why not? I mean, why, why the hell not? So, <laughs> I say raise expectations if you like it or not. Anyhow, uh, Derek Felska again. Yep, the Derek Felska lightning round is what it is, actually, and I never played the lightning. Ooh. See? I'm rusty. Give me a break. I'm rusty. Yeah, I am rusty. <laughs> Let's be fair. I am rusty. It's like kind of finally getting the getting the, the, like, like a boat started up in the spring after it's been sitting in the garage winterized for several months, and then <clears throat> it's like coughing out like oil or whatever. You know how that works. Um, how many points will Marco Rossi, Rossi, I keep messing it up, have this season? <sighs> I'm going to go on the optimistic side. I'm probably going to be wrong, but maybe, maybe I'll be wrong in the other direction. Marco Rossi will have 50 points. <laughs> 50 points. Yep, you might be like, oh, come on, Joey. I'm going to try. Yep. Let's, 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 let's go for it. Why the heck not? Marco Rossi will have 50 points. Let's do something like you did with the uh, Iowa Wild. Why the heck not? It's not like it's this dominating performance, but it's good. It's good. 50 points. Another one from the Zarek Felska lightning round as it continues. Danila Yurov and Vladislav Verstov are off to fast starts in the KHL. What odds would you give for either of them playing in North America next year? First off, it's probably like less than 50%. Yurov maybe above 50%, that kind of thing. Isn't, yeah, like, isn't first off kind of sort of like done with us, kind of sort of, where Yurov, I think, is more committed. The other thing is he's, yeah, he's super young, and of course you got the whole Russian angle. Um, <clears throat> like, like, who's the dean of? It's taking forever, blah, blah, blah. Oh, man, that is a really tough one. I'm going to probably be wrong, but I'm going to say over, basically over 50%, we'll say like 60% that Yurov will be with Iowa next year, at least developing. Um, I'm probably going to be wrong, but first off, I'll say like 20, like less than 25%. I, I, I kind of have a negative vibe from that one, unfortunately. And he's much, 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 much older. He's 22. Yeah, I know he's really old, right? But he is much older. Class of 2019 when it comes to the NHL draft. Second round pick, 42nd overall. It felt like he kind of gave up on us in a lot of ways. Um, or just would rather stay over there or something. 
I don't know, because he was in Iowa, which is really annoying. He was in the United States. He was, of course, at the University of Connecticut. Showed some promise, but was inconsistent. Maybe he's frustrated and thinks uh, maybe it's not going to work. Uh, he was basically a half a point everywhere he went, basically. College, he was a little above that, I suppose, but then he had the injury in his second season with the University of Connecticut. 12 points in 13 games is real good, but he missed most of the year. Damn it. Uh, the second year, 23 points in, in 35 games. And then in Russia last year, 26 and 47, you know, 26 points in 47 games. And so far this year, seven points, four goals, three assists in 14 games. Kind of meh. I, I don't know. If he's in North America, he'd probably be on Iowa. And I don't know, he probably would rather stay in the KHL is my guess than play for the Iowa Wild. So that's my guess at the end of the day where you're off. I don't know. He seems a little bit ahead of the curb. Uh, obviously, slow start last year because he's super duper duper young. But gosh, he's he's got yeah he he he's at a higher pace right now at age nineteen than twenty two year old first off in the KHL. Fourteen games, same amount, three goals, five assists, um, eight points. So he's slightly ahead, and he's also a plus six where Yurov is a minus two. So uh, yeah, I think Yurov is ahead of the curb. And he was a first-round pick versus a second-round pick and all that good stuff. But it, it seemed like first off was always kind of like, man, he's got potential. Man, he's got potential. But when when is it going to start? Okay, let's go. You know, that type of thing. So I know long, long, long-winded answer. But I don't know. It's a, it's a good question, though. That's why it got a long-winded answer. <laughs> That's a good question. And um, those are two players that are very important. The lightning round continues. Does the Minnesota Wild fan base have selective amnesia? Yeah, they, Minnesota fans generally do. But anyhow, do they have selective amnesia over how things went when it was old and expensive? Why are so many? Why are so many happy? Why are so many fans happy with the moves that Bill Guerin made? Is a player saying they're happy here? Sound uh, are grounds enough for them for a contract extension? I definitely say no. It's nice that somebody wants to be here. It is nice, but. I don't know. I mean, I, I want to play for the Wild, too. Does that mean I should be able to be on the Wild? No. <laughs> that type of thing. I'd love to play for the, the the Wild, especially if I was good enough to be there. But, um, I don't know. <laughs> if if they're not the if they're not the right fit, per se, long-term, eventually you got to kind of move on, especially, I don't know, like there's, there's promising roster spots that are coming up in a not-too-distant future. I wouldn't want to commit long-term to, to, to a Felino. I definitely don't want to commit long-term to a Hartman. Zuccarillo, it's not a long-term commitment. It's two years, so that's the good news, and it's during both of the cap crap years. So it is what it is there. Um, so, no, it definitely it's definitely not grounds to give them a contract extension. Uh, next one, do you remember the old TV show Pros versus Joes? Slightly. Um, but, I, but I get the concept. Uh, do you think it would be funny to put the NHL video game pros, yeah, like a, to put the NHL video game pros against retired NHLers and see how they'd hold up against real hits or shots on the ice? Would you watch it or not? I would absolutely watch it. Um, it would be kind of cool. Damn. Sorry. It would be kind of cool, actually. Uh, I'd be for it. I remember the NBA had all retired veterans going for a while. Was it some kind of three-on-three game? I thought that was awesome. I thought it was really good. Uh, it's kind of sad how 
it seems to have disappeared, unfortunately. And the other sad part is guys did get hurt, unfortunately. Even though they were in really good shape, just things happened. Like ACL for um, Jason Williams, the former Sacramento King, and I think, yeah, Miami Heat and all that. That was sad to see. Things do happen. That's the one thing. Um, and depending on how old they are, I suppose, like a real hit on like a Gretzky, oh boy. You, you didn't want Gretzky to get hit when he was when he was younger, when and actually you know still a regular player, but still, so that would be real interesting. Um, I would watch it though. Yes, I would watch it. Okay, maybe a return question. Would you watch it? Just in case you happen to hear this and maybe want to just have a tiny little response on your podcast, that'd be cool. Brian Herrera, great to hear from you again. It's it's been a minute for sure. Um, I think it might be the last season with Hartman on the top line. Still still on the team, but fell off and other steps up. Yeah, so somebody basically believed that Hartman could maybe be, I mean, like one quick switch that could happen soon, if all goes well, is Hartman switches to the third line and Rossi, 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 switches to the top line, which I think a lot of fans would love and agree with. So there is that, yes. Hartman, Hartman or Hartsey or whatever you want to call him could even be fourth line and Dewey up to third, possibly. Uh, as long as things progress with Dewey. So there is that, and it kind of depends on how long you commit to Hartman along with the amount of money. But yes, that, that that's a good point that Hartman could be dropped down. I mean, it, committing him to the top line for the next three or four years would be like foolhardy, obviously. So that's the good part, obviously. Um, no job is safe in, in the NHL. No job is safe. That's the good news. So um, <laughs> just... Hartman on the Hartman should probably be in the bottom six in the very in the very uh, not too distant future here in my opinion and that would obviously be good news for uh, Marco Rossi moving up Scott Forner will wrap up the actual uh, fan interaction segment now that the Wild have allegedly amassed a really solid prospect pool yeah because you never know GM Bill Guerin seems to be hell bent on making sure that none of them can ever play here how do you think Jan Bilgarin handles the prospect pool going forward? That's a good one. I mean, it's a, it's a good question to be bringing up because, I mean, geez, yeah, you have to resign everybody. <laughs> so it, it is extremely frustrating. Um, possibly a departure, say, of Kalen Addison, believe it or not, who is still technically a prospect. If he is disappointing again, that's a potential spot for a Carson Lambos, a Damon Hunt, a guy, da 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 da. You know, those guys, the defensive pairings. John Merrill's the other spot. Um, and unfortunately, it seems like nobody really wants to trade for John Merrill. That's the annoying part. Or it, it might end up being like a Kulikov type of trade where it's like cash considerations or future considerations. You know, like basically nothing in return, that type of thing. Maybe a team that just needs a depth defenseman right now, John Merrill. Goligoski's coming off the books and it's all over there at the end of the season age 38 by the way um, so defensemen at least there's a chance of something I can hear the train coming oh no it's it's the moose it's moose's new contract here it comes well it's, uh, it's not it's not uh, answering my call too quickly maybe it's not gonna do a horn here he comes yep here's this is moose's new contract though this is what Bill Guerin's saying to the Yep. <laughs> that's that's Moose's. <laughs> I'm leaving it on here for a reason because yeah, that's Moose's contract uh, to the prospects. All right, get out of my way. I'm still here. 
<sighs> okay, Moose, we get the point, buddy. Yeah, Moose, Hartman, yeah. So hopefully that's not going to be the case, God. <laughs> Good timing by the train, I guess, kind of. Um, uh, yeah, that that's the hope. The hope, um, defensemen, believe it or not, there is some, there, there are some openings, not enough though, definitely. People are going to get traded, definitely. Prospects will get traded possibly to acquire current NHLers. And then, uh, we have to pray to God that, that, that it all works out. And then we don't give up the next Kale McCarr or whatever, if that's humanly possible, that one of these guys could be that high end. Probably not. But even the next, uh, whatever, you know, the next Brodeen, the next, uh, the next Spurgeon, uh-oh, uh-oh, no, that, that kind of player, uh, which could be a guy like, uh, in a lot of ways, possibly, like uh, Jack Pert, a smaller guy, defensive-minded, but obviously still capable of some offense. Lambos, there was a time I was thinking he was going to wind up being one of the guys traded, possibly uh, some kind of a package deal, that type of thing, to bring more immediate help, um, maybe for like a big-name acquisition, that type of thing. So, I do think some prospects will probably be traded in the next couple of years when the Minnesota Wild do have some more cap space. Hopefully we make the right choices on who we trade. We don't give up the wrong guy who's going to wind up being, you know, like one of the best players on a team out there and could have really helped this franchise long-term. But that's what I do see happening long-term is obviously, you know, there's going to be decisions made because... Not everybody can make it, and obviously certain players aren't going to make it at all anyway. Certain players aren't going to be good enough. That's the sad part. So hopefully you're going to be able to trade away a player or two that maybe you have a early scoop on is probably not going to make it, but this other team is like, oh, I see something, I see something. He, he's going to be the next, you know, whatever. He's going to be the next uh, uh, Kevin Fiala or something, and he winds up being the next Victor Rask at best. Yeah, like, he, he makes it, yay, but that's about it. He makes it. Um, so hopefully the Wild can pull off some cool trades down the stretch that can uh, help this franchise. And, of course, maybe, you know, give something to get something type of thing. Like, you give up a good player, but you get a really good player back as well. So then that way everybody's happy, so to speak. Because, um, uh, you know, I mean, how, how many defensemen do you have? Like, look, look how... Promising, or yeah, I mean, look at the 21 draft. Carter Lambos, Pert, uh, Kyle Masters. You have at least three defensemen there that could possibly make the NHL at some point. Caden uh, Bankier was a beautiful surprise as well at the center position. So that's a guy you probably want to keep long term, but I don't know. Maybe he's not good enough. Players like that. Hate looked really promising. You're off, and Liam Ugrin, of course. Ogren, very promising. Spot check is he going to be a power play quarterback? So it's stuff like that. Decisions have to be made. What type of what type of players you want to keep? What type of players you be, might be willing to move on from? And um, yeah, so I, that's kind of how I see it. Obviously, you might think that's kind of a stock response, but obviously, they're, you're going to have to trade away some players, or and at the same time, some guys aren't going to make it. So that's kind of how that is. Veteran pieces you got to hope we're going to move on from some of them. Some guys might get traded during the course of the season if the Minnesota Wild are kind of dropping off the map. you got to hope that somebody would be willing to waive a uh, no-move clause or no-trade clause and allow you to make a trade with whoever. And it it could be a good team, too. Like, why would you not want to go to, say, if the Buffalo Sabres are in second or first place in their division and have a chance to make a playoff run, why wouldn't Marcus Foligno want to play for his hometown team? 
So there is that possibility as well. Uh, and then, well, rock and roll. Let's go. Let's go with uh, that, that young prospect, a uh, guy that probably should have a real crack at the at the uh, NHL at some point, for goodness sakes, like a, like a Beckman who's been waiting and, and been hanging in there as long as possible. Two words I hate so much, hang in there, or three words. Oh, God. It's a nightmare. Nobody wants to hear that from their manager. Hang in there. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that at all. Let's uh, stop with the hanging and start playing at the end of the day, and I'm sure Beckman's thinking that. Um, with that said, though, thank you very much. Great questions, and a uh, great question there as well at the end. Scott, thank you very much, because it's a big question. It's a big question. Um, sorry if I'm too long-winded and babbling my head off. With that said, really, really looking forward to the season, of course, simply to be able to watch hockey again. My expectations are that this team is, you know, please get out of the first round and hope for the best after that. It would be nice. Obviously, the salary cap situation, you know, I mean, demanding the team getting to the second round is tough to do, but it's kind of like make a playoff run or completely bomb and miss the playoffs one way or another. That's what I'm hoping for. I I don't want to be stuck in the middle anymore. And that's kind of the theme of this season and next season as we work towards a better salary cap situation and the new guard starts to filter in to your Minnesota Wild. We'll end with that thought. Take care and we'll talk to you soon as we'll talk regular season hockey on the next episode of Brave the Wild. (laughs) 